So I guess it was Saturday afternoon, word came down that the GoFundMe that had raised over $10 million for the convoy and protests and whatever you want to call it, uh, had been pulled and was no longer going to be happening and all the money was going to be refunded. Well, it took a couple of hours to get that all sorted out, but that's where we are now. Um, GoFundMe put out a statement saying, we now have evidence from law enforcement that the previously peaceful demonstration has become an occupation with police reports of violence and other unlawful activity. This fundraiser is now in violation of our terms of service and has been removed from the platform. Now, as you would expect, that news hasn't gone over all that well with the protesters and a lot of people who support the protesters. Um, Those opposed to the protest, though, absolutely love it. But why did it happen? What are the rules around this? We're going to chat right now with uh, Vivek Krishnamurthy, who is uh, Samuelson Glushko Assistant Professor of Common Law and a Faculty of Law Director at the Canadian Internet Policy and Public Interest Clinic. Um, Vivek, thanks for joining us again. Always good to chat. Thank you, sir. Yes, yeah, great to be back on the show. So just when we talk about these GoFundMes and these kind of fundraising efforts and things like that, really, are they ultimately in control of who does what, who gets the money, who's allowed to fundraise? Is it completely up to them? So um, the way that GoFundMe works, like most other you know internet platforms that we use, is that the use of the site and the services they provide is governed by a contract, right? They're called the Terms of Service Agreement. And that agreement specifies the uses that you can make of GoFundMe and also things that you can't do. Um, Now, there's two things that are relevant here. So GoFundMe in its public statement made a determination that um, uh, the fundraising to to support what's happening here in Ottawa um, violates their policy against, um, you know, supporting illegal behavior, et cetera. Uh, But it's worth noting that most companies... Um, in many situations, maintain discretion in their contracts to cut off users for basically any reason. Um, and, um, you know, so it's also possible and would be justifiable as a matter of the contract for GoFundMe to say, you know what, we just don't like the reputational risk that we're taking on here. Uh, we're uncomfortable with this use. So for that reason, ending a fundraiser. And this has implications, of course, beyond what's happening in Ottawa. Yeah. It could be um, any other kind of behavior on their site that they're interested in. Uh, taking a look at. Now, they say they spoke with law enforcement and they got evidence from law enforcement that it had become an occupation with reports of violence and unlawful activity. There's all kinds of, as you know, people saying, oh, the government made them do it, all the, on and on and on. But ultimately, just so we're clear here, it comes down to GoFundMe. They decide who they're going to be in business with, right? And it's entirely up to them. Yes. So the way things stand now, um, there are some companies, you know, most companies, most of the time can choose who they do business with. Now, you can't discriminate against people, right? It would be one thing for GoFundMe to say, we are not going to do business with people of a particular ethnicity or race or gender or anything like that. So um, if they are engaging in outright discrimination against protected groups, that would be a legal problem, right? Yeah. Um, But when it comes to the kinds of fundraisers that they want to host or not host, right? A site like GoFundMe has a lot of latitude. And, you know, this is beyond GoFundMe, of course. Yeah. Um, GoFundMe is a platform for, you know, social crowdfunding. Um, but there's also a lot of, you know, rules and regulations and laws that apply to how banks can do business, right, with various kinds of entities. Um, so, you know, we haven't yet started to talk about, you know, um, the larger financial architecture of what's happening here in Ottawa. Um, but there's also... 
um, regulatory constraints on bank decision making yep. and discretion that a bank or other kind of financial institution can use to decide what kinds of clients it takes on or not. Well, that's the other question. In terms of some of the concerns that were raised about this is there were some massive anonymous donations. Um, there was reports that money was coming in from offshore. Uh, I'm not sure where there was. I'd, I'd heard reports that maybe Russia was involved. And we know there was a bunch of U.S. backers. Um, what I mean, there are rules, like you say, that govern traditional banking when it comes to these sorts of things, you know, to guard against money laundering and all these sorts of things. Are any of those rules in place with GoFundMe or could it be used for that kind of thing? So I think there's certainly a risk that any kind of site that, you know, handles funds from a wide range of people and directs them to a single organization could be used as a vehicle for various kinds of financial yeah. crime. Um, that is certainly a risk. So we have the risks of financial crime, but we have other kinds of risks, too. So in Canada, we have a pretty strong um, regulatory regime around political financing, right? So, you know, how much money can you raise from what sources, who can donate, et cetera? Um, we've certainly seen other countries, right, the growth of, of crowdfunding and politics more generally. So um, there are certainly concerns around uh, who should be able now, let's just assume that we had a completely peaceful political protest in Canada. Yeah. Um, I think there are legitimate questions to be asked and you know, discussions to be had about who should be funding that kind of activity and whether we do want um, foreign money um, influencing the outcome of politics in Canada or not. Right. That's an as a, you know, sort of related public policy question, but it's one that we need to discuss. And now we see, um, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis in Florida. We see the attorney general in Texas say they're going to launch investigations into what happened in Canada. So, like you say, that line between foreign involvement in domestic policy in Canada, that's been blown right out of the water with this instance. Absolutely. Um, I, I think one of the most interesting uh, things, and we'll see this how this plays out in the coming days and weeks, and you know, as there's more um, understanding of what happened over the last couple of weeks here in Ottawa, um, but it is the fact that there's a lot of foreign involvement at every stage yeah. of the protest, right, from sort of direct foreign involvement from people on the ground to the financial element. Now, just with regard to the, you know, U.S. Um, investigations that have been, you know, announced, we'll see if they happen. Um, one of the major concerns was around GoFundMe's initial announcement that um, uh, donors would have to apply for refunds and that any yeah. funds that remained in the $9 million dollars um, would be you know, dispersed to charity. GoFundMe has since clarified that they're going to automatically yeah. refund the money. So you don't the, have to do anything. You know, right. So that kind of takes the air out of the Texas Attorney General you know, basis for an investigation, right, which was that the money was going to um, you know, uh, just go to unknown causes. Um, now it's clear that it's going to be refunded. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. And of course, we already have other fundraising platforms that have stepped in to fill the void. So the money's being raised millions again uh, through uh, Give, Send, Go. So th the fundraising continues. Yes, the fundraising continues. But I think there's a, a really interesting question. And I hope that this is where we start, um, you know, doing a bit more uh, talking and thinking around is that, you know, so to raise the funds is one thing, of course, um, but for the funds to get to, you know, uh, whoever is the protest organizer and how they're being dispersed is an entirely other set of questions, yeah. right? And we have very strong rules. If you try to move money across borders, it's pretty onerous yeah. um, um, in terms of reporting requirements, hold periods, et cetera. So 
Um, you know, and this has implications well beyond what's happening in Ottawa. Like, we do need to be very concerned about how money flows across borders um, because money can flow for many uh, problematic reasons, yeah. right, from organized crime to human trafficking to you name it, right? So we have to um, um, look at this space very carefully. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's, it's had a lot of people take a second look at this. Vivek, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. That is Vivek Krishnamurthy, who is with the Canadian Internet Policy and Public Interest Clinic.